everyone and welcome back to the Glam Observer podcast. My name is Jada and I'm the founder and CEO of Glam Observer and the Glam Observer Fashion Academy with which over the last three years I've helped many fashion enthusiasts getting their jobs at dream companies such as LVMH, Dior, Prada, Valentino and many others. I've recently even made it to the Forbes under 30 list in the education category for the things I teach about getting a job in fashion. Today is a special episode because I will bring you for the first time inside one of the one-on-one coaching calls that I have with my students of the online course break into the fashion industry. I've had the privilege to coach my students over the last months and we talked about overcoming any problem, chaos and all the dubs they have because you know fashion is not an easy industry and I'm more than happy to to help of course. I feel like people need coaching now more than ever because of this tough time and I'm really happy to motivate and inspire on how to navigate your career in this time. Inside the coaching calls, we talk about all the questions the students have. They can ask me whatever they want on their CV, cover letter, portfolio, networking, personal branding, job applications. We usually start from their CV and then we proceed with the questions. But every conversation, of course, is different because each of the students have different questions have different things they want to talk about so in this one that you're going to listen today we touched a bit of everything from what to improve in the cv to how to beat the fear of networking we're reaching out to fashion professionals and recruiter if you feel like you're too pushy when to ask for an information interview or a cold email portfolio and much more I hope this conversation will inspire you and if it does and you want to learn more, I want to invite you to my free webinar on four unconventional strategies to get a job in fashion. I will leave the link to join my free webinar where I'm going to teach you for 45 minutes four strategies to get a job in fashion into the notes of this podcast episode. So if you're interested, you can join me for free. I suggest to listen this episode till the end because all the questions that my student has asked me are very different. So we touched many different things that can help you as well. So I really suggest you to listen till the end. So let me know if you would like to start from your CV or if you want to, I don't know, if you uh, prepared some questions for me, where do you want to start from? Well, uh, maybe some questions or I could give you a little introduction to kind of myself Um, because I'm not, uh, that's why I like your course so much because I'm not from fashion. I used to study occupational psychology and then I worked as an HR consultant and project manager for quite a while. Um, and my story is that I then decided to study fashion, but I only, only studied fashion for a year. And then I actually dropped out of fashion school due to personal reasons, um, but I still really, really love fashion and want to work in the fashion industry but I have found it so difficult to kind of break into the fashion industry, let alone, you know, even doing HR that I used to do, but just for a fashion company. Um, yeah, so that's kind of like my, my story to where I am, I am today. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, the fashion industry is a little bit tricky. So that's why I created this course, because I think there is very important to use unconventional strategies in order to stand out. And I mean, you know, there are so many applicants in fashion. So that's why I wanted to create something that goes beyond the standard application path to make all the students stand out during the job application. So I hope that during the course you have learned new strategies that maybe you haven't used yet. And so you're going to start seeing the difference when applying now for jobs using these new strategies. Yes, I have. And particularly the CV step was very, um, very useful for me because I, I applied to CVs in a very different way previously. So I had to completely revamp my whole CV. Uh, so that was, that was very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the CV is the starting point because you know fashion companies are going to judge you based. I mean, it's sad, but it's the ugly truth that they're going to judge you based on a piece of paper. So it's absolutely your first contact with fashion companies. And yes, with so many CVs, they're going to receive. If they're going to receive one that really catches their attention for the graphic, for the template, they're going to go through it. And I mean, if the CV also contains the keywords inside and after three seconds that they usually spend on it, they're going to see that you have these keywords inside. They're going to read it through and hopefully call you for a job interview. <laughs> That's the aim. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I so guess I had a uh, look at your CV and I oh, think yeah. actually now it's really good. You sent me also your previous version. I think that also your previous one was actually good to be honest the only thing that i would have changed is what you have done now is to add your stylist and design internship inside the professional experience which before were on the column on the left so i think now it's better that you have added all the fashion experience and internships inside i mean in the full column so i think it's great now and so what i mean you said that you wanted to find something that combined psychology and fashion so do you already have an idea what kind of job you would like to get i think the thing is that for me at the moment uh there's a lot of different things that i'm very interested in i'm interested in the styling aspect and at the moment i have a part-time styling job which i really enjoy um and then i'm also interested in knitwear design um mm -hmm. But the sort of third avenue that I'm also exploring is combining uh, occupational psychology, like you said, and fashion in terms of sustainability, uh, because they inter they're quite overlapping in terms of change management and project management. And there's a lot of things that I could then carry over from my sort of previous career into that field and have kind of a at least some experience that it's I don't know what I don't know if it's like spot on but at least it's quite a lot of transferable skills um yeah I don't know if that helps you <laughs> yeah I mean of course design and working in project management or I mean into the part of the company where you're going to change the system and the maybe the management I mean I don't know if you are talking about also the process of the companies when you when you talk about sustainability i guess you're talking about maybe working in a brand that is not sustainable yet and helping them to go into sustainability 
I think so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Or working for a company that invests heavily in sustainability. Yeah. Um, and in their company and in circular economy as well. Yeah. You know, the thing is that, I mean, it's not so common that someone works both in design and also in this part of the, the process <laughs> of how a company works. But I'm a truly believer that you don't have to give up one passion if you have more. But the thing is that these two careers are more, most likely full-time jobs. I mean, while you can combine one of these with the styling job, because you can become, I mean, you can be a stylist and do it part-time, like doing as a freelancer during the weekend or in the evening when you have time. When you get a job as a designer or when you get a job in this other field that you're interested in, you're most likely get a full-time job. So that's why at some point you will have maybe to decide which one to go into. Because as I said, if you can find something like styling or other things, I mean, you can also try to go into designing as a freelancer if it is something that you're interested in and get a full-time job in, into the process and all the other things related to sustainability, this is something that you could consider. But in most of the cases in the companies, fashion designers and this other career, which has not a name so far, I mean, it's usually full-time. Mm. So maybe mm. you can try both and see which one could interest you the most. And I mean, you can even change, you can switch at some point if you think that maybe you are done with it, that you want to do something else. Because I mean, with both experiences, I mean, as a designer, you acquire the experience working in fashion that you can maybe, with the knowledge that you have acquired, you can transfer it to maybe improve the process of a company because you just don't know about sustainability, but you also, as a designer, know the production and what it takes, I mean, what evolves into the, into the product. Yeah, that's a very good point. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. I think eventually I kind of like have to choose or do one for a while. And if I find out I want to do the other, I'll do that for a while. Um, <laughs> so I guess it's a bit difficult because I have like a lot of interests and I want to, I want to pursue them all, but there's only 24 hours yeah. in a day. And so Unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I wish there were more too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but in that case, something I've noticed a lot, especially when it comes to fashion design, is that um, the few things that I've kind of felt like I could apply to because I'm very entry level um, has like, I don't think I've even been considered for them uh, because I'm, the school that I went to is a very small school in Norway and I've done one internship and I wanted to ask you, is there anything, should I like invest more in like developing my skills? Should I try for more internships or should I just continue with like the job application and see where that goes? Yeah. The first question I have is if you have a design portfolio. Yes. Yeah, I do. Yeah, because, you know, the thing is that if a portfolio is really good and it really represents the values of the brand, it doesn't matter if you attended just one fashion course or no fashion course at all, because they're going to value 
your skills based on your portfolio. So it's super important that, I mean, you have this portfolio, you work on that and you submit it to fashion companies. And it also helps if in your portfolio, you can even add just one page for each brand where you, I mean, I don't know, you can create, for example, a mood board for a brand. It's like you're going to personalize it with one single page for the brand. I heard this tip from the designer who works at Chloe when I interview her for the Glow Observer podcast. And she said that when she receives, of course, hundreds of portfolios and she receives one that has one page dedicated to the Chloe brand, she's going, of course, to, I mean, take into consideration that person. And I mean, for sure, there is more chances that she's going to call him or her for a job interview. So this is okay. something that could help you to stand out also when sending your portfolio. Mm-hmm. And then also, That's I don't know if you want to send it over, I can maybe check it out to see if I, I mean, I can give you my feedback and see if there is something else we can improve. Because as I said, I mean, of course, if you want, you can choose to do another design course. But the thing is that really what matters when applying for design jobs is your portfolio. And if it is already good, it doesn't matter. I mean, it's not necessary to attend another fashion course. Okay. Yeah, that would be great because, um, yeah, I, again, like I'm not quite sure what determines a good portfolio yeah. um, even. <laughs> so that would be amazing if I could send you my portfolio as well and, and yeah, get some feedback. Yes, of course. Send it over and I will send you my feedback via email even after our call. Oh, thank you so much. In terms of, yes, if I am to um, continue down that path, what one thing I also struggle with is like, what kind of jobs is it appropriate for me to then apply to? Uh, is it all just, should I just apply to anything that's entry level or is it appropriate to apply to things that are more senior as well when it comes to design or the other the other career i guess uh well if you could answer both as well because uh, design may be more entry level but the other career paths because i got some i've been in the similar positions just in different industries I, i really struggle with it yes so when it comes to getting into a job in another industry but you already have experience you can try to find jobs that are at least at the same level but the same level that you were in your previous company i mean of course when you think about changing company you think about upgrading your role but since you're changing the industry i think that it would be better if you can keep the same level that you had in that company So I see from here that you have two years of experience as a project associate. So you can find a job that requires two years of experience. And then it's really important that you really, in the cover letter especially, you can really tell them how and what are the things that are in common with your previous task and your new job so you take the job description of the new job you write down all the activities and you highlight those that you find in common with your previous job and make sure that you mention those 
activities into the cover letter and you report them in bullet points of the list of the activities of your previous job. And when you mention them in your cover letter, since your cover letter doesn't have to be a recap of your CV, you have to being able to mention that you, for example, work at this project in that previous job. So you already have experience in that. And that combined with your knowledge about the fashion industry that you have acquired through internships, through your studying job and through your course, but also self, I mean, self-education, and you also inform yourself every single day about the industry, you are the right person for that job. So you have to be able to transfer your previous skills and experience to the fashion industry. It's especially important to level up your cover letter in this case, because you really have to, I mean, your CV is a structure and doesn't speak for you, but your cover letter should speak for you. It's like you have them face to face and you have to tell them, okay, I am the right person because even though I've never done this in the fashion industry, the activities are very similar and I'm able to do them. I know how the fashion business works because I studied it fashion design or I still acquire knowledge by myself because I keep up to date with the fashion industry so I know how the fashion business it is. I have experience with these activities in my previous job so I know that I can be the right asset for your company. Mm. Mm. Okay so it's all about uh, making sure to show them kind of like what I did before how that applies to the new job. Yes, for, for example, in this case, if you're applying for this other career, you should give more space in your CV to the list of the activities that are related to your project associate job, because now you know it's shorter. But if there are activities that are in common, you should leverage more that experience and maybe make shorter your other fashion experiences. Okay, okay. Uh, yeah. Yes, that's very good advice. I'm going to write it down see here mm, yeah. same also with your skills because up to date for what i see from your cv is that there are not for example fashion related skills that someone who wants to apply in fashion design might have in their skills such as i don't know maybe pattern making or fabrics other things related to design so if you're applying for a design job, I would add also some more fashion design related skills. While of course, when you apply for the other job, you might have something else. And also you can even add a word that is referring to sustainability in case you're applying for a sustainable company. And especially in the cover letter, you have to, you, I mean, you can leverage the fact that you want to apply to a sustainable brand or that you want to work in the sustainability by saying that this is a value that you share with the company. So it's something that you personally take care about. And so you really want to be involved in that because it's, a, I mean, it's your passion, your interest. So, the sustainability is something that you can really leverage in your cover letter because companies want to know not only that you have the right skills, but also that you share the same values of the company. And sustainability is a huge value. So it's a strong point that you can leverage. Okay. Yeah. So update the skills section and really make sure that the skills section, I can't say the word, 
section <laughs> um, applies to like the company values and yeah because position. for example now in your skills I don't see anything related to design hmm. and also play with the order of the skills according to the job so for example if for some design jobs they require that you know how to use Photoshop and Illustrator then add Photoshop and Illustrator at the top of the list if some other compass requires, for example, other, I don't know, pattern making or fabric or other skills, you take the list of the skills that they require in the job description and make sure to incorporate those into your skills as well. And of mm. course, try to keep that order. Okay, yeah. So the most important to begin with. Yeah, okay. of course, Excel, Word and PowerPoint, you should always have them on your CV, even if they're not required for many companies, something that, I mean, they take for granted that you know how to use Excel and PowerPoint because it's something that you're going to use for any job, even in design. Hmm. Okay, so that's just good to keep on there. Yeah. Anyway, so even if you don't see it listed, you can keep it on there. Okay. Okay, that's, thank you so much. That's very good advice. You're welcome. My pleasure. <laughs> and then um, in, terms of, um, in terms of networking, um, yes. one thing that I struggle with a bit when it comes to networking is that I don't want to be, I don't come across as pushy and I don't want to come across as insincere. Um, and a person that kind of, I know this is, might be just only in my, my head, but I feel, sometimes when I try to network, I feel a bit insincere and I feel like um, I don't want to come across as this person who kind of just takes and is just, uh, just, just wanting to seek for opportunities, not interested in that other person. Do you have any uh, advice to be, become a bit more authentic when it yes. comes to networking? Yes, I know that this is the biggest struggle because sometimes you think, you think that you're too pushy as like you are approaching people just because you want a job. So my suggestion in this case is to start the conversation by asking, for example, for an information or interview where you really demonstrate your interest in their career. So for example, if you want to work in a sustainable brand, you can find people on LinkedIn that are working in the sustainable department and have careers related to sustainability. You approach them, you say that you're coming from a different industry that you want to get in fashion and that you have found their profile on LinkedIn because you were doing some research that you find that their profile is really interesting, their career path is really interesting. So you want to know if they would be available for a quick call in this case in social distancing situation and a quick call because you want to ask for example what they do at work what works in sustainability means and you also want to ask tips on how do they think that you should i don't know maybe tailor the cv or something similar i mean you're just asking for tips in the first place and once you have i mean not all the people are going to get back to the information interview. This is normal. But when you find, I mean, you're going to see if someone is willing to help you. And once you've found that person, then at the end of the information interview, you can ask if you can send over the CV. And if they, for example, know or if they can let you know about any opportunities in their company or if they can pass your CV 
to the right person because you're interested in a job opportunity. Mm, okay. Yeah. Also, so this is, I think now that we have more time with COVID, you know, that jobs are not so frequent as usual. You have maybe more time to build these genuine relationships with people. You can leverage the fact that we have more time than usual. So maybe you start connecting with someone today and in one month after that you have talked a little bit, I don't know if you have reach out on Instagram, you have responded to some stories and you have started a conversation. Maybe in one month, you're going to then ask if they know about anything in the company. So take really advantage of this time and also the summertime to build genuine relationships. I know this takes longer, but of course, these long-term built relationships are more valuable than those, of course, that you just approach once. Even though I suggest to use both because, you know, cold emails work as well. You might find, I mean, I think you should try to use a combination of both. So the people that you're really interested in their career, that you really want to know what they do at, at their work because you might consider their career path, you can ask for an information interview. And with the others, you can do the cold email approach because you want to also find a job as soon as possible. And cold emailing is, I mean, something that you can do. You introduce yourself. And I mean, when you call the email, people know that you're approaching for a job. So it's absolutely, I know it sounds pushy, but this is how it works. So, I mean, with some people, you can try an information interview. With others, you can try cold email. I think a combination of both is the best way. The best way forward yeah okay, yeah i know yeah. cold emailing sometimes seems pushy and especially for introverts but you know fashion people are expected to receive these emails and actually they're happy to see that people have taken this initiative they're going not through the standard path so they're really interested in that company because when you call the email someone you're not applying for a job that you have found that is listed on the career pages so sometimes also that's why i also suggest to follow up because really managers want to see with the follow-up if you're really interested in that company or if you're just randomly applying for multiple jobs so when you call email someone i mean they know that you're really interested in working with them because you're not you have not applied for a job that you found on a job website you have you did your research to find their email address and you have written an email specifically for them because you want to work them. Mm. So really like, uh, yeah, taking the time to understand that uh, I'm very committed to the company. Yeah, yeah, that, that you're really not apply randomly because you just need one job because you want mm. to work there. You want that job and want to work at that company. Mm. And is it in terms of like, if I, for example, if I wanted to work at Burberry, yeah. is it then, should I just approach one person at Burberry or can I approach multiple people or is that too pushy? <laughs> yeah, I mean, for information interviews, I think you can approach more people while if you want to just, I mean, if you go with the information interview, 
I would not go with the cold email at the same company at the same time. Hmm. Because if they talk each other, I mean, if they are going to know, I received this CV from that girl and that girl also asked me questions, you know, it could be a little bit too pushy. But if mm. you, so you have to decide if going with a cold email, so maybe reaching out to the recruiter or someone who works in the department you would like to work for or go first with the informational interview. Okay, so either or kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Of course, if you don't hear back or after some time, I mean, maybe one week or two that you did the information interview, you can call email someone else. Yeah, like another person within the company. Yeah. Okay. I was thinking that I do have the email contact, I think, of the recruiter who works at Barbary. I don't know if you have downloaded the ebook into the course, but one of the tips is from the Barbary recruiter. And I should have her email. Oh, thank you. That, that's really nice. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm here to help. So. <laughs> thank you. Wow. Check. Okay, I send you. Oh, wonderful. Thank you. Okay, great. I'll remember that. I'll take a, I take, I took a screenshot as well. Thank you so much. Okay. In this case, for example, if you reach out to a recruiter, you should not go with the information interview, but you straight, I mean, send your call application, your attach your CV, portfolio, cover letter. I mean, the cover letter, you can even write it straight into the body of the email without attaching it because it's how you're going to introduce yourself. So it's better that you write it into the body of the email. So you just attach your CV. And if you're applying for the sign, the portfolio, if not, it's not necessary to add the portfolio for the other job. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, and then I guess if I'm applying, for example, uh, for something at Burberry, I, I then have to kind of choose that it's either the sustainability aspect yeah. or it's the... <laughs> yeah, and especially in these big companies, the roles are almost all full-time. So, I mean, it's very difficult to find part-time jobs and so that you can combine both. But maybe once you have more years of experience, you can then decide to become a consultant and do both. You can consult on design, you can consult on sustainability. So you just need to acquire a little bit of experience to start consulting then as a freelancer so you can then combine both. Mm, that's a really good idea. I'm writing it down. Consultancy. That would yeah, be amazing. Actually, you can even start doing it with smaller brands, with startups or newborn brands. You can even try to do it so... Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good idea. Design and sustainability. Uh -huh. Yeah, because for people who have multiple knowledge and multiple skills, you can consult on multiple things, of course. So you can either help them with the design, help them to sustainability. Maybe some, some brands need help with both. And as a freelancer, you can work with multiple brands at the same time. Some brands need both. Another brand need just a consultancy on the sign. Another one just on sustainability. So yeah, it's a good option. Yeah, that is a very good. I, I hadn't even thought of that, but thank you so much. Uh, <laughs> new idea. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> 
All right. I also had another tip for your CV. I would remove in your about section the part when you talk about your languages because it's not necessary to add it to your about. Your about section should be more of like a sum up of what you do and why you're good for that job. For example, when you're applying design, you should leverage quickly in a few sentences your design experience. If you apply for sustainability, the other job, you should apply, I mean, you should leverage more the part that is related to that job. So you should change okay. your about pen section. Okay, I'll do that. So that take away the language experience and just have it, have it at the bottom. Yeah, yeah, because they're going to see at the bottom your language level and it's not necessary. Okay, well, I'll, I'll definitely do that as well. All right. And then I won't take up too much of your time. I was just wondering, uh, one, one last question is, um, because I have such a, you talk a lot of, in your course about the, that kind of anyone can break into fashion, yeah. uh, which I really like and enjoy. And I enjoyed your course as well. And it, it's been really like well worth all the money. I have really enjoyed it. Thank Very you. good course. It's like the best thing I've found so far in terms of breaking into the fashion Thank industry. Thank you so much. <laughs> I was just wondering, what is like your, if you could like give me one advice, because my my background, I haven't gone to like London College of Art or like Central St. Martins yeah. or like, I don't really have any connections in the fashion industry. Like one advice on like someone with a very different background um, to kind of break in into the industry. Yeah, I mean, I would use not just one strategy, but all of them that you have seen in in the course, and maybe you can even try to build your website where you're going to showcase your knowledge about the fashion industry. You can upload there your design work but you can even for example write some articles regarding sustainability and the topic that you think that you would like to bring to the company it's not necessary to update it frequently like a blog even just a couple of articles where people are going to read your expertise so if you want to work for a sustainable brand what would you do at that brand and can you write maybe an article on that topic it can it can help i think and also, I mean, it really doesn't matter the school that you have attended because if you can show your expertise, your passion and your skills through the portfolio, through your CV, but also if you can create a website or as I said, if you can create something tailored for the company like a page of your portfolio or a presentation, if you're applying for a sustainable brand and you don't want to submit your design portfolio, which is not necessary, you might want to create a PowerPoint with something related to sustainability for that brand, something that you're creating for that brand because you're showing an extra effort. Okay, yeah. And then when it comes to networking, I mean, really using LinkedIn and Instagram and start engaging with people. And this way you're going to really meet up new people. And once things are going to start opening again, you might want to bring some of the connections offline by taking coffee with someone and also attending industry events such as fashion panels and something similar just to meet in person with more people in the industry. In London, there are many, many events for fashion. Of course, not now, but I hope they're going to 
to come back soon. I also did the panel last year, last December in London, and I was planning the new one, but then, you know, the pandemic happened. So I yeah. hope to, to come soon to London for the other event. Oh, that would be amazing. In, in case, I'm definitely going to come and, and watch you and, and say hi to you. <laughs> yeah, of course, it would be a pleasure to meet you in person. It's, it's always a pleasure for me when I meet students of mem or members at the events. It's really another level of course of connection yeah, i can imagine to see to see the the your creation in practice and to see that yeah. it's helped so many people yeah <laughs> all right anytime you have any other questions just send me an email okay thank you so much and thank you so much again for your time uh, i really appreciate that thank and you and i'll send the portfolio straight away it's my pleasure <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed this new episode of the Glam Observer podcast. If so, please do leave a review, rate and subscribe because it helps me to keep going with the episode and to keep having great guests on the show. Thank you so much and see you the next week.